Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. There is... A wonderful spirit of God here this morning. I thank God for the preparation. I thank God for the pre-service alignment. But I really thank God for the prayers for this service. That a prayer team prays on Friday. That individuals pray throughout the community for this church. For the people that reside here and call this home. And we, me, we're basking in the prayers of somebody. None of us by ourselves can pray down as much as we can together. So as a pastor, I just say to the intercessors, I say thank you. To the prayer warriors that push back on darkness, I say thank you. For a city and people, humanity, that are far from God and the gulf between them and God is darkness and we say no the church says no we build the bridge we meet on Sundays we gather in our homes we pray we fast we read our Bible we do everything we can and then when we lay it at the foot of Calvary then that's where God picks up and he begins to work the supernatural and so I say thank you thank you thank you God bless you you are standing this morning I'm glad you're here Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Those of you that are streaming with us online, bless you also. Glad that you can leverage technology. I prefer you're in person, but sometimes that's not possible. And I'm glad you're here and not missing. Again, all of our services are recorded and archived. Simply means we store them on our YouTube channel. You could rewatch them, but probably more important to me, you could share them talk a little bit about that you can share them in your world maybe a co-worker family member a neighbor that has confided in you and asked you to pray and maybe a sermon a message says you know what if you watch this I think you'll be blessed and so the church we rely on you to help us spread the gospel Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is measurable. In all of Judea, measurable. And in Samaria, measurable. And to the ends of the earth, unmeasurable. Usually I preach, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's my normal go-to in Acts 1.8. But what I'm really preaching to you this morning is the bottom half of the verse. And ye will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to you this morning on his world, my world, and your world. Lord Jesus, I step behind a sacred desk. I'm preaching to souls, I'm preaching to a church, I'm preaching to people that we would be witnesses, God, in the areas that we live. That somehow, God, that you would enable me as a human to articulate and share with your body what you and I talked about, what we discussed. I pray that I flow in the spirit and not in the flesh. Those of you that watch, those of them that watch are in person, God. Let them feel the burden that's in my heart this morning. Let them feel the passion. Let them feel the urgency, the anguish. I pray, God, that your spirit and will and plan comes forth. In the name of Jesus, I pray the prayer upon your church. If you receive it, would you shout amen? Amen. Amen. One more time, could you put your hands together? Give him an offering of praise as you're seated. 
His world, my world, and your world. We belong to a group of churches that are tethered throughout the world. We are not just a church on our own. I'm not just an independent pastor that couldn't get along with somebody, but I'm a part of an organization that has a global ministry. The slogan, the logo, the mantra is simply this, the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. The purpose of the church is to reach the whole world, the gospel, not left to just somebody, not left to just a pastor, but the bottom line, the tagline there in our mantra is by the whole church. Someone shout the whole church. I was recently in Orlando, Florida with one of our general conferences, which is an annual convening of pastors and ministers. The number I received from there was 17,100 in attendance in Orlando, Florida. I don't know if you've been in an apostolic environment with 17,000 people. During the worship service, when that place is rocking, the Spirit of God is there, and I felt like David, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall. And in some cases, I felt like Superman. I could scale the, the Empire State Building under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And then I came back down to earth and realized, whoo, I'm tired. Maybe another day, Lord Jesus. But we gathered together there at the Orlando Convention Center, and we had a service. I said in the service what we would call global missions, a worldwide missions. And they update us, and they preach, and they give all this information on how are we doing as a church that we are tethered with to the United Pentecostal Church. And when I heard and said in that service, I was so moved by how great that we are doing as a body of believers, not just in Temecula, but worldwide, globally. They shared this stat with me, that the UPC is in 199 countries, 33 territories and regions, with a total of 238 places, identifiable churches and countries and regions and territories. And I thought, wow, what an amazing thing to be a part of. When I zoom out and open the aperture of our ministry and our life here, it's not just the Temecula Valley, but the gospel is for whosoever will. It's called the Great Commission. So I want you to know if you're watching online or if you're a part of this local assembly, we are worldwide. We are not just in 10,500 square feet along the I-15, but we are a global church that reaches people that are far from us. The gospel changes lives. The gospel repairs lives. The gospel restores lives. And the gospel dispenses hope. But my assignment this morning is to let us know that this is bigger than us. Someone shout amen. amen. Yeah. Maverick City sang and wrote a song called Build Your Church. In essence, it says, God, build your church from the ground up. Build your church from the ground up. My interpretation and translation of the song would be, we're going to start here on earth and we're going to build up your church. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so everything that we do, every ministry, every activity, every event must lift up Jesus for the global mission of seeking and saving the lost. We are not a club. We are not an organization like that. But we are a body of believers that believe that everybody is welcome and everybody needs Jesus and everybody needs the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, somebody hear me this morning. And so when I realized how wonderful I'm going to say our organization is doing, and kudos to them on a global level. The Lord began to stir in my spirit, and I sat there during the preaching. I'm sorry, on the, the optics of it look bad. I'm typing on my phone, and I'm waiting for any moment for my wife to tell me, get off your phone and listen to the preaching. But I had a great comeback. And I was ready to let her know I'm under the anointing. I'm getting ready for a Sunday. And I got so disappointed she never even said nothing. I mean, I was ready just to, whoo, baby. And to her credit, she just let me tie. Maybe the Holy Ghost spoke to her and took the fun out of me pushing back on her in the middle of a service. But maybe God said, that's not cool. You just do what you got to do. I got your wife. She'll, she'll, she'll understand what's going on. And so I sat there and I type, begin to type things that God laid on my heart. But before I get too far in my message, I want to I show you something that was shown to us at our convention. The soul. The eternal part of man that will live forever. The everlasting part of the human that will never die. The soul of man is the antechamber 
and the battleground for an eternal reward. What I am and do in this natural man determines the destiny of the eternal man, the soul. Why do we reach for the soul? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? When the end comes upon a man or woman, all that remains is the soul and where it will spend eternity. Heaven rejoices over one soul that repents. We focus on the soul. We travail for the soul. We reach for the soul. We are pulling them like brands from the fire before the end comes. Why do we preach? Why do we sin? Why do we sacrifice, go and give? The answer is simple, for souls. The United Pentecostal Church International exists for one great purpose alone, it's souls. How can we reach these souls? That's the question. Jesus said in Mark 10 and 27, with men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Tonight, we have an opportunity to further this great cause through giving. We stand upon the precipice of new souls. They will spend eternity somewhere. Could it be that their eternal destiny lies within our hands? We have the ability to send missionaries back to their fields, back to the souls, the souls that they're called to reach. Your giving can make the difference in saving a lost soul. We've been commissioned to take the gospel to the entire world, to countries like Cuba. Though this country was closed off for many years, the COVID-19 pandemic, while devastating in so many ways, surprisingly opened some unexpected doors for us to reach Cuban souls. Over the past two years, the Cuban church has seen explosive revival. It's been connected to the outside world in ways we could have never imagined. Before COVID, Wi-Fi in Cuba was limited to public parks. People had to travel long distances and go through challenging situations and even dangerous circumstances to receive instruction from the word of the Lord. But since COVID, most Cubans now have Wi-Fi in their homes. Missionaries now regularly have Bible studies that they're able to share with these people, gatherings of groups of people in home services. Souls are finding truth. Where we once had no way to reach or see a church raised in Cuba, God has opened the door. What the devil meant for distraction, we've watched God turn it for good. This year, a conference was held in Havana with over 500 in attendance. Over 50 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The late G.A. Mangan dreamt of a building in Cuba. This year, it's become a reality. The building will be a Bible school and headquarters, a soul-saving beacon for the entire nation. So what does the future hold? There are no walls that can keep the gospel from reaching a hungry soul. Matthew 24 and 6 speaks of wars and rumors of wars. Recently, the sovereign nation of Ukraine was attacked by Russia. In the past few months, the land of Ukraine has seen devastation and destruction. Yet, in the midst of the chaos, there is the church. And we're happy to report that through the onslaught, not one saint of the Church of the Living God in Ukraine has been reported to have perished. God has worked miracle after miracle after miracle. He's kept them in the hollow of his hand, safe and secure. By the power of our great God, the Ukrainian church is alive and well. No barrier can stop the gospel. No wall can hinder the truth from reaching bound souls and setting them free forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to give you a snapshot of what is happening on a global level. But as I sat in that service and God began to move on me as a local pastor in North America, 
in Southern California. I begin to reflect on how are we doing in North America. How are we doing in California, specifically in Southern California, and probably a little more pointed in the city of Temecula in the Church of True Vine Pentecostal Church. I begin to think that they go to great lengths, and I honor missionaries that leave their families from North America, and they push away from the regular Thanksgiving time together and Christmas time and Mother's Day and Father's Day, and they bring their, their grandkids with them, and, and there's people there that are doing it under the banner of we have to reach souls. But I have to confess to you, my friend, this morning that we are a little spoiled and going to sleep in North America. I'm saying to that, God, wake us up. If we got a burden for the lost, if we got a burden for a family member, God, let us not sleep at night. Touch our spirit, touch our heart, that if there is a heaven and a hell, I've got to do everything I've got to do. Why? Because I'm living in my world and I care about people. And so my message title, His World. You just saw his world, my world that I live in and the world that you live in. I'm convinced that we must plant the fruit of the spirit in our world. They are hurting, my friend, and they are going to hell. They must feel and they must see Jesus in you. We've got to work on the fruit of the spirit. We've got to work on love and joy and peace and meekness and long-suffering. The Bible says that is the fruit of the spirit. Once I've been saved, I better be showing who Jesus is in my life and in my conversation, in my dress and in my attitude and in my spirit against all, with all people. I've got to cultivate a world in where I live that reflects Jesus. My world, your world, be the light on the hill, the gospel of Matthew chapter 4, 5 rather. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it in on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, someone shout in the same way. Let your light shine before others. What is that? That's your world. Shout my world. world. That they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What I'm concerned about a little bit as a pastor in North America in the 21st century, that we get into a rhythm of a cadence, and we're only worried about us. We're a me-centric world, but I'm telling you, there's other people in your world that you cross every day, that you live next to, that you conversate with, that follow you on social media, and I'm telling you, you can control the brightness of his love in your world. You are in charge of that. The light switch is in your world. It's at your fingertips, so I'm simply saying, turn on on the light and let it shine bright. What are you saying? We have people that we care about in my world that God has put me in their world to reach them and bridge them to Jesus Christ, that God can do all things that they may not know. So if you focus on the three options behind me on the screen, I want to talk to you for the remaining part of my message about the middle one, my world. Someone say, my world. When you say it, we're talking about you. We're talking about how you live. Talking about the people in your world. I'm talking about the people that know you. I'm talking about the people that you care about. Maybe I'm talking about the people that you don't care about. But when they're in your world, they got there somehow. And they may not know about this church. They may not know about this precious gospel. They may not know about the Acts 2.38 message. But God has commissioned you to share in your world. Someone shout my world. Don't expect the missionaries to reach everyone. Don't expect the pastor to reach the city. You need to reach your world. Someone shout my world. Your world is where God has placed you. You are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are the ambassador of Calvary to let them know that there's a God that can touch this. We can speak peace, be still. There's a God that died for you on Calvary. His blood was shed some 2,000 years ago. My friend, I'm here to tell you to wake you up, to wake up the sleeping giant. In your world, you are the ambassador. In your world, you are the apostolic. In your world, you are the preacher. In your world, you are the missionary. In your world, you are the pastor. And it's time some of us Americans and apostolics own that and say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. This is my world. I got it. We're going to. Ah. Someone shout yes. Yes. Passionate. 
Sometimes when you get passion, someone can think you're angry. Don't confuse anger with passion. It's not angry, it's passion because it's the things of God. And what am I going to do in my world? And when my light switch dims and finally goes out, in your world and my world, what changes or influence have I brought? Eventually the light goes out in all of our worlds. We lay down, we take our last breath, and the proverbial light switch in that world is off. But I got to ask you this morning, I got to ask myself in my world, there are people that live in my world that don't know about the light switch. Is it possible that they are in my world for me to turn on the light switch to share the Acts 238 gospel? I'm an apostolic living in a world that's probably unapostolic. But I'm responsible for my world. You are responsible for your world. And I've, this message has been brewing in my spirit and I've been thinking and pondering. we got to mobilize the church. The boots on the ground, as you've heard it said a thousand times, that the church is the hope for the world. But if the church is only coming on Sundays into community groups and we're neglecting and forgetting about my world and your world, I'm not sure how it works when you say the church is the hope for the world when the hope isn't being dispensed in the world that you live in. It's a secret. It's incognito. It's camouflaged. I'm here to say no. No more. Someone already coined before, not today, Satan. (laughs) Not in my world. I have people on the job that I care about. I have loved ones that don't know the truth of being set free. I've got some neighbors that I'm working on. Yes, you better be working on people, my friend, because I believe somewhere in the context of God judging me and what I've done, you shall be witnesses. Someone shout witnesses into Judea, and it gives these measurable areas, and my world is measurable. I only know so many people, and that concludes my world. And if I'm neglecting those people, somewhere God judges me, somewhere God has an opinion, somewhere God is displeased that I'm not telling my world about his goodness and about the repentance power and lifting up holy hands and sins being washed away in a baptismal tank. Why would I not share the great news with someone that I care about? Why? Because I think in America we get too busy. We live in a me-centric world. It's just my world, just my household, just my family. And I'm talking about us being apostolic and moving in opportunities when my world can be impacted. I've always maintained that we are apostolics, and the rule of thumb that I preach and I taught is, hey, if you're somewhere and somebody wants to get baptized or wants to be prayed for and you're the apostolic there, then you take the role of an apostolic and you pray for them. And you, hey, I can't get a hold of pastor. It's this. We're at a Thanksgiving dinner and my grandma wants to be baptized. If you're the apostolic there, you baptize grandma in the name of Jesus, put her under a water grave. All you got to do is call on the name of Jesus as she goes down. Everything else is a plus. But I want to tell you what happened this Tuesday in light of me working on my message. I get a text from Sister Rose. I'm in a staff meeting. Pastor, can you talk? I didn't catch it and see it at first. And so I finally finished all my responsibilities, and I called Sister Rose. And I was a little too late, but kudos to Sister Rose for taking authority as an apostolic believer. Sister Rose, I'm sorry I missed your text. I'm calling you. You said call you when I can. I just barely got a moment. How's everything going? And she began to proceed with me. Pastor, I had a couple friends in my life that I was going to go visit them in Riverside, and one of them wanted to be baptized. And I didn't know what to do. I'm not a minister. I'm just a grandma, and I don't know how to figure this out. I know God. And then when I got there, another person wanted to be baptized. And I said, Sister Rose, tell me what you did. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, dear God, I hope I didn't mess this up, right? She goes, Pastor, I'm sorry, but I just baptized him. I couldn't get a hold of you. Turning 
I'm the light in my world. I'm an apostolic. I'm a believer. I took authority in Jesus' name. I did the best I can. I need my son-in-law to help him in and out. I don't have the strength. I couldn't find the pastor. The pastoral staff was at work. And I said, hey, this is my world. God has called me to do apostolic ministry. And I put him down in the name of Jesus. And their sins were washed away. And I did what God told me to do. And there you go. Woo! She saw and heard what was going on in the conversation, and she said, I want to be baptized. So Sister Rose baptized. I'm going to tell you, Sister Rose outperformed me this week. Kudos to Sister Rose. I haven't baptized nobody this week, but I'm talking about apostolic ministry in my world. Hey, when someone needs to be healed, if you can't get a hold of staff, you lay hands in the name of Jesus. I command you to be healed according to Scripture. I take dominion. I take authority. Hey, what are you doing? I'm an apostolic believer evangelizing my world. I can't get them to church. Church is a long ways off. This was Tuesday. You can't wait five days to baptize someone that's hungry and ready. I was hoping Sister Rose say, hey, Pastor, I'll put them down in the name of Jesus. She goes, I don't know if I said all the right stuff. I just want to know, did you say in Jesus' name? She said, yes, that's all you had to do. Push them down. Get them under. What are you doing? I'm evangelizing my world. My world. My world. Kudos to the UPC. 238 countries and provinces and territories. But what about your world? In my world, if God's going to judge us, that I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to be sensitive to the moving of the Spirit and the opportunities that God could use me. God is calling, listen to me here now. God is, God is calling people to the mission field. But the mission field may not be going to Afghanistan. The mission field may be you witnessing to an Afghanistan that lives in your world. The mission field may not be going to Italy, but the mission field may be you witnessing to an Italian that lives in your world. The mission field may not be you going to Central America, but the mission field may be you witnessing to the Latino community that lives in your world. Someone shout my world. Let's make a commitment to God. I will evangelize my world. I will shine forth the fruit of the Spirit in my world. I'm trying to get you to realize there's, a, there's no church building in Temecula that would hold us. And when we begin to evangelize our world, one soul, one family, one marriage, one student at a time. And when God begins to do what God does, my friend, it begins to spread like wildfire. I believe the latter-day reign of revival that's coming to the church of the living God is going to be people that evangelize their worlds. Crusades are okay, my friend, and revivals are okay. But no, it's daily living in my world. I'm walking in alignment. I'm walking in harmony. I'm walking with the favor of God. I'm looking for opportunities. There's people in my world, they know I'm a pastor. They know I'm a Christian. They know I preach on Sundays. They know I wear suits. They know I give God everything. They know I left the marketplace for ministry. But even into my own world, am I evangelizing those that know that? God got a hold of my heart. And I thank God for the countries and territories and provinces. But what about the people in your world that have never heard the Acts 2.38 message? That they can be set free from sorrow. They can be set free from darkness and anxiety. You see, this is what I conclude, that Calvary was for all. All that live in my world. All that live in your world. Think with me for a moment about your world. There are probably more people in your world that know not God like you do than that do. How many people is in your world? Depends on how many people you know. But those that are in your world, am I reaching for them? This is what troubles my American pastor spirit. That people will leave the comforts of America 
and forsake everything to go to a foreign country, a third world country, to reach the people of that country. When the majority of the American church does not even try to reach their little world. Do they have anything that we don't have? No. They have the same Spirit of God, the same Holy Ghost, the same passion. But something bore deep in their, their soul and their relationship with God. That they forsake beautiful America. To go live in a degraded environment compared to what they left. I've known missionaries, they sell homes, they sell all kinds of stuff. They sell toys, they sell boats, they, sell, they, they cash out and take a couple of suitcases and rebuild their life and restart. I commend them. I said in one of these services several years ago, I've told some of you, and they're preaching about the loss in the mission field and going. We need missionaries. What is it, up to 7 billion in the world now? Maybe pushing 8. And I sat in a stadium in St. Louis, high up in the rafters. And God was dealing with me, Brother Tony. You have to go to the mission field. And I say, God, I don't want to go. I'll do a better job in America. Please don't make me go. I'm bawling through the service. My head's down. They give an altar call. By the way, to this day, I don't like going to global mission services. I'm afraid. Oh, dear Lord, not this. Don't, don't. I don't know if you think it's funny up there. It's not very funny down here. So I go with a little trepidation, Brother Nolan. Oh, Jesus. Out of all the people, I'm, I'm good. So I sat there, and they give an altar call. And God says, you got to go home and resign your church. And you got to go on the mission field because I need you on the mission field. And I'm telling you, I was shaking. I don't want to resign the church. I don't want to go to the mission field. God, why do I have to do this? I need you to go, son. I was bawling. I was afraid to tell my wife. I was, bawling. I was torn up. And I remember my head is down. And I'm bawling. And I said, okay, God. I'll resign. And I'll leave. And I'll never come back. But I want to go and do the work of God. And as soon as I said that, God said this in my spirit. Okay, you can stay. I think God was just wanting to know, will you do my will? To hear, okay, you can stay, was the sweetest words. What's the guy on the eighth level, row 17? Be careful, he's going to fall out of the stadium. Oh, no, I'm not. Don't you worry about me. I get to live in America still. I don't know where God's calling you. Ha, ha, ha. No, don't. I can dance on the edge of the stadium. But I think, Brother Chacon, one, I think when God saw that I was willing to do whatever... Something clicked inside me. I think it was more about me than God. And as I preached to you this morning, I wonder how many among us God is saying, you've got to evangelize your world. That takes energy, God. That takes effort. I don't even like everybody in my world. And personally, I don't care if some of them even go to hell. In fact, I told some of them to go in the past. But now that I'm saved, I don't tell them to go anymore. Even them, God? What would heaven be like with them? And how many is among us is God saying, hey, you need to go. Go where? Go into your world. Quit being living a secluded life in your little living room and watching Netflix all day and going to work and doing your little patty cake for me on Sunday in home group. You're bigger and better than that. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. I gave my blood on Calvary. I died. I rose again three days later. You celebrate Easter, but you don't live it year-round with the people in your world. Hmm. Someone say my world. I know that our worlds are peppered or layered with people that need Jesus.
Maybe they have a relationship with him, but this opportunity to be an apostolic Pentecostal is a deep relationship. I want you to stand with me for just one moment. I want to commission you. I'm not quite done, but just give me a moment. I'm going to commission you with a prayer right now and a declaration. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to pray in a moment when I ask you to pray. Is God saying you have to go? Is it a test or is it reality? You see, the problem with that question from God, you don't know on the front end. I was released when I said, okay, I'll resign. God released me. But maybe it was for me to prove that I really loved God and I would do whatever you said, God. And I, we say that, we preach that, that's easy to say, but when God says, you better live it now. Well, that's a whole other conversation, God. I, I thought it was just a song. I thought it was just a closing prayer. I thought it was just a, a commitment at a mission service. I didn't know it was going to disrupt my world. I didn't know I was going to have to amp it up and be compassionate to someone that I know needs to hear the gospel. Someone needs a Bible study. That takes time. Lift your hands, close your eyes. Let me do this. This morning, with the authority of the scripture as a pastor, I commission every one of you to evangelize your world. I anoint you to bring healing to a hurting world of people that you know. I bless you to share the love in your world. I bless the the fruits of the Spirit to begin to grow and blossom. Now lift up your voice and begin to give God some praise. Receive my prophetic prayer. Receive the commissioning into your life and your soul. If you believe this and if you're willing and you're ready, say, Lord, I'll receive the prayer from my pastor. I'll receive the commissioning today, God. If you can use anything, God, you can use me. I will go. I will tell. I will post, I will text, I will email, I will bring a Bible study chart. I commission God. I commission us for our world, evangelizing my world, the people in my world that I care for. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of someone shout back, I receive it. You may be seated for a few more moments. He died and rose again for your world. Maverick City, thank you, Lord, build your church in my world. Lord, build your church in their world. Matthew 16 and 18, and I say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hell shall not prevail against my world. Hell shall not prevail against my family. Hell shall not prevail against my friends. Hell shall not prevail against my loved ones. Hell shall not prevail against my neighbors. Hell shall not prevail against my co-workers. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. I must reach my world. You must reach your world. We will never change the world by going to church. We will only change the world By being the church. It's about time we become the church and mobilize the church. The church is the last hope of the world. True statement, I believe it. But in our current structure and the way that we function as the church, I don't think we're going to get it done in time, my friend. Unless we have a paradigm shift. That God speaks and say, I'm not, I'm not responsible for your world and your world. I'm not responsible for pastor's world. I'm responsible for my world. So I'm going to get with it. And God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We'll figure out the church building. We'll figure out the seating arrangements. We'll figure out the additional times. But I'm just saying, my friend, this week you need to go throughout. There are people in your world that need Jesus. There are people in your world that are hurting. And how many times do we walk past them and we don't say nothing and we don't share you come on a sunday morning and you feel the anointing of god you feel the power of god god pats you on the head say everything's going to be in control all things work together for the good that are called according to his purpose but how many in our life don't know that scripture don't know that they were supposed to be in church doesn't know that god cares and died for them and loved them. what are you saying i'm talking about my world Woo! if we believe that there really is a heaven and hell we preach it And we need to rescue the people in our world.
Sister Mary, you can come to the keyboard. God is speaking to me as a pastor. And when he speaks to me as a pastor, eventually he's speaking to the church. Every time the children of Israel begin to move in the wilderness, God told Moses and Moses told them. And the people responded and listened. It's time to go pack it up. And so the burden that's in my heart this morning about my world and your world and his world. You shall be witnesses unto me. In both my world and in your world and in his world. You shall be. But my question reverberates in my spirit. What if I'm not being a witness in my world? What if I'm not sensitive to the power that lies within me? Do I become like the treasures and the talents where I was given much? And I get to heaven and say, hey, God, I'm saved. I lived holy. I went to church. I gave of my finances. I gave of my talents. I gave of my treasure. I'm here. And I wonder if God says, where's your world? Just me, God. I didn't go to hell. I I, I stay saved. I walked in harmony with your word. But where's your world? They didn't quite make it, God. So your world went to hell while you went to heaven? Brother Tony, I don't know if it really plays out like that, but what about the responsibility that we have for people that we care for? That live in your world. Years ago, my uncle would preach about the lost. He would move you to tears, gifted. Brother Tony, I didn't tell you, but it was in my notes. It says that the world needs Jesus. But why should I tell you? You're busy with no time to spare they're dying without him who's known by just a few how long then and this thought can I bear Jesus who died for you and me on the cross he died for your neighbor too how long can I live without a burden for the lost may God have mercy on you It just kept reverberating, reverberating, reverberating. I can hear it on 18th Street, National City, Grandma. The world needs Jesus. Why should I tell you? You're busy with no time to spare. They're dying without him who's known by just a few. How long then can this thought can I bear? Jesus, who died for you and me on the cross. He died for your neighbor too. How can I live without a burden for the lost? May God have mercy on you. Could you stand with me this morning? Kudos to the UPCI. Kudos to church planners in North America. In North America, there are 5,000 churches just like us that we're tethered to, 10,000 ministers. Canada and U.S. Every Sunday, trying to reach people, trying to disciple them, try to shepherd them. 
But Glenda, I'm only responsible for my world. I hope they do a good job. I'm sure they will. But when I meet God and he says, enter in. Did my world shrink to one person? Two, my spouse maybe? A family of five? But in contrast to your world, God is calling some of you to be local missionaries. There's Italians in your life, Hispanics, people from Central America, South America, Europe, Canadians. It's easy to say, God, I'll go, I'll go, God, that sounds fun on the surface. But what if God says, no, you can stay, but you find all of those in your world. And you work diligently and you work hard, and I will reward you, saith God. Oh, so just stay where I'm comfortable? That's not glamorous and exciting. Well, I'm going to tell you, my friend, after the newness and the glitter wears off, a third world country isn't glamorous and exciting. I think for most of us Americans, we would rather say, God, I'll evangelize my world. I don't have to forsake my family. I don't have to forsake my mother. You're not going to see your mother on Mother's Day anymore. You're not going to be, have Father's Day lunch. You've you got to go. When a family member passes away, maybe you can get a plane ticket to fly home. Why? Because it's 1400 bucks. Maybe you can't even make it to a loved one's funeral. But kudos to those that do that. Admirable. But that doesn't allow the American church off the hook. We can't blame it on the missionaries. Can't blame all pastors. They work for the church, evangelize it. No, 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 no. I'm not even in, other than this pulpit in here, that's my only association with your world. I don't know most of the people in your world. You know everybody in your world. But you got to ask yourself, I'm asking, when you go to sleep tonight, God gives you a dream. About these people that I care about and that know me and I know them and I've gotten sloppy and I've gotten lax coming out of the pandemic. I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want them to miss heaven. So my question to you, what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do? Okay, God. You see, here's the thing with, between you and I. God was telling me to go to another country. I don't even know the country. And I had to say yes. Because my love for God and souls. And when God released me, I was so relieved, to be honest with you. I'm going to be I'm a human being. But God's not asking you to uproot. He's asking you to horizontally evangelize your family and your friends. Minor commitment. Minor unplugging, if anything. It's just the cognitive skills of thinking, they need God, they need God, they need God, they need God. I need to bring them over for dinner. I need to do this. We need to do that. You need to get creative. What are you gonna do? How are you going to reach your world? Come on, folks, figure it out. Figure it out. Pray. God, where do I start? God, in my world, who is needing a word from God that I am the catalyst that did not deliver? And I apologize, God. If God showed me someone in my world that needed to hear me, I would tell him, this would be my entry. You know what? I owe you an apology, Chris. Why you didn't? You know what? I was supposed to tell you about God four years ago, and I'm so sorry. In any pain you went through, in any heartache, I'm sorry I'm four years late. God got a hold of me on Sunday, and I'm not waiting four years. I love you, and I want you to know God can heal your mom. I'm sorry I'm late, but I'm changing some things in my life. I care for you. You're in my world. It's exactly how I would start it. And you know what? Let me tell you, God's going to bless the efforts because it's about the kingdom. And when we invest in the kingdom, God invests into us. And you will be touched by God and your life will change. Let me pray for us. Lord.
I pray that you talk to the hearts of your American church. Let us not be in need of nothing because we're so overwhelmed with blessings. Let us not be selfish and entitled, God, but our world needs Jesus. My family and friends and neighbors and co-workers, God, I'm the light switch. I must do better, God. I repent. I ask you to forgive me, God. I've been busy in a rhythm of Southern California living, God, and I've lost sight of what this is all about, God. I ask you to forgive me and let me reboot this. I'm going to restart, God, this week. I'm looking. I'm sensitive. I'm moving in the spirit in my world. Everybody knows me. Everybody knows I go to church. Everybody knows I'm a Pentecostal. Everybody knows I'm an apostolic. I'm not trying to prove nothing other than, God, you want them to be filled with your spirit. You want their sins to be washed away. And right now they don't know that, and I must tell them. God, give us wisdom. Wise as serpents, harmless as doves. God, we're not judging. We're not pushing. We're not aggressive. But you are using the American church to evangelize their local world this week, God. I bless us. Speak to our spirits. Give somebody a dream this week, God. Show me things in the spirit that I cannot see in the flesh, God. Confirm and validate my message to a family this week that they're dying without you, that are known by just a few. How long can, of this burden can I bear? Lord, I bless us in the name of Jesus. My friend, I open the altars to you. If you need to repent, I understand I had to repent. If where you're standing becomes an altar for you, a pew to say, Lord, I love the people in my world, but I've gotten busy. I got my family saved, and I just kind of lost interest in the God. I've come to repent. Mobilize me in my world. If you're here this morning and you need a fresh anointing from God to begin your new commission, please come. The altars are open, my friend. I ask you to respond to the voice of God. My world. My world. What about my world, God? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.